Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tunar. Hello, and welcome to episode 54 of Apply Filters. This episode is sponsored by the WP Ninjas, the creators of Ninja Forms, Ninja Demo, and a few other plugins. They've been exceptionally gracious over the last year and sponsored countless episodes. Um, so we want to thank them for all of their the kindness that they've given us and the help that they've provided to help us produce this podcast. Today is the at least the last episode for a while that they'll be sponsoring. Um, so we do have an open sponsorship. So if you're interested, go ahead and get in touch with us from the sponsorship page. But again, a most sincere thanks to the WP Ninjas for everything they've done to help us produce this podcast. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. Today, we have Carrie Dills with us. Uh, she's pretty well known throughout the WordPress community. So if you aren't familiar with, with Carrie, you can find your, more information about her on her website and obviously today in this episode. Carrie, you want to say hello? Hey, Pippin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's awesome to have you on. Thanks for having me. Well, Carrie, why don't we go ahead and start by having you just give yourself a quick introduction. Tell us briefly what you do, maybe where you work, um, and anything else you feel like throwing out. Oh, sure thing. Uh, let's see. I'm based out of Texas. I am presently doing web development for a company called Crowd Favorite. Uh, we do a lot of enterprise-level WordPress uh, projects as well as some other tech. So that's my day job. And, and by night, I do lots of other things, uh, dabble in creating some of my own products and so forth. So anyways, carriedills.com is, is my website, but I'm usually always hanging out on Twitter at CDills if you want to say hello. Fantastic. Crowd favor is just a, you know, small little tiny company. Just a little one. <laughs> just a little one. <laughs> I want to cover a few things. I want to hear more about your work at CrowdFavorite. I want to hear about some of your side projects and some of the other things that you do. We start by diving into a little bit of your backstory. Um, maybe your how you got in into web development, WordPress, or anything that kind of led up to it. What's your history? I grew up around computers. My dad uh, worked for a computer company, so uh, always from a very young age of uh, been interested in com in computers and uh, that sort of thing. So straight out of college, I began freelancing, just doing uh, really simple, goofy websites and like front page and stuff like that. And uh, that was long, like 20 years ago. Uh, so obviously technology has changed, thankfully, uh, since then. And I guess it was about five years ago, a fellow I was working with turned me on to WordPress and it's been downhill in a good way ever since. Did you go to college for anything related to web or computers? No, uh, I am of an era where they, they didn't offer those courses at college yet <laughs> when I was in school. Uh, so my degree is in nothing relevant, uh, not even computer science. So yeah, it's just picked it up as a hobby. Mind if I ask what your degree actually was? Criminal justice. Very cool. Totally different. It. <laughs> yeah, I call it uh, a degree in nothing useful. It was very, very interesting to study, but is nothing professionally. Sure. So when you first got into into WordPress, what was kind of your your path into it? Was it uh, you learned about it, you started building it or using it for your own website? Did you start building client sites on it? Maybe how did you get from the introduction of WordPress to what you do now? Yeah, I at that 
time, I had a, a, a client that, I'd, that had been a longtime client, but they were looking at a website redo. Um, and originally for them, I'd, I'd just done a, a handcrafted CMS that well, was pretty crappy. Uh, if I looked at it now, I would cringe. And then when I found out about WordPress, uh, that was really a perfect fit for this client. So um, I immediately kind of had a, a project to go to town on uh, and just kind of learning as I went. Most of the work was on the front end side. I mean, initially it's just, you know, kind of figuring out how WordPress works, how the data is structured, how the, uh, even just in the admin area, getting around and getting familiar with the lingo. Um, so yeah, just sort of getting my feet wet. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, mostly on that front end side. So theme development, not really delving much into not at all custom plugins at that point in time. It was just, you know, like iPhone apps, there's, a plug-in for that. Uh, so just used a lot of other people's code. Cool. That sounds like a pretty familiar experience for a lot of people, myself included. All right. So you now work at CrowdFavorite. And what's your position there? What's your your day-to-day -day work? What's that kind of look like at CrowdFavorite? Sure. So uh, I'm not super big on titles, but just for additional, <laughs> they do provide some context. Uh, so I'm a team lead slash software developer uh, I lead a team of three developers uh, who are actually all incredibly more talented developers uh, than I am. But my role is to sort of sit between them and uh, uh, Chris Lima, who's our uh, CTO. And uh, let's see, work across multiple projects where uh, sometimes my team is working as a unit and sometimes my team is dispersed over uh, other projects and dabbling with other teams. So really it is a lot of communication and a lot of coding. I'd say it's it's probably about 50% of each. And do you think that you do more development now that at CrowdFavorite or when you're working independently? I would say I'm probably doing less now, but what I am doing is much more interesting than what I was doing independently. Uh, I kind of gotten in a rut where, you know, I was doing um, basic five to 10K client projects. And it was just sort of the same thing over and over. I, you know, just making some theme tweaks, throwing in a, you know, a few custom post types and templates and that kind of stuff. And it was just, they were all very vanilla projects. And I don't, that's not a, I, I have no complaints because that paid my, uh, my bills. Um, but I was sort of getting bored with that. Um, so moving into crowd favorite and getting the chance to work on a much larger scale projects uh, what's come with that is just exposure to uh, new tools, new ways of um, doing things, and and just a, a lot of learning that's been really fun. That's awesome. What do you think are some of the um, the challenges of transitioning from an independent contractor working, I believe, primarily with yourself, not with additional subcontractors? So what are some of the challenges of going from that to an enterprise company in, in terms of most of most of CrowdFavor's work is all in the enterprise. What's some of the transitional pains that have come with that? Sure. Uh, well, the, one of the biggest ones was just administrative, and that is tracking my time. Um, I've gotten pretty lax about that as a freelancer, and I, I did project-based billing, not hourly stuff. And so going to work for CrowdFavorite, I'm you know accountable for every bit of my time because it's you know, build against either a certain project or, a, you know, internal cost or whatever. 
So just getting in the habit of keeping track of my time and knowing where it's going. Um, but I have to say that's actually been a really good habit. Like it wouldn't have hurt me as a independent to know uh, how much time it was actually taking me to do stuff. Um, so that was, that was one kind of hurdle to overcome. And then the other one uh, on the technical side is uh, using Git in a collaborative manner. Um, to date, most of my, or before crowd favorite, most of my work in Git had not been uh, with other developers. So if I completely do things wrong or <laughs> just have a really, really messy commit history, like it's nobody's, it doesn't matter because it's just me. Right. Suddenly um, your, your Git workflow matters a lot more. Yes, it matters a lot more. And, you know, the etiquette, that's been a little bit of a learning curve, but uh, again, a good one. Now, you mentioned that you work with uh, you or you run a team of three other people. And I would assume that there are numerous teams inside of Crowd Favorite. Um, is the majority of everybody remote or is there a, a centralized office where everybody works from and then a few remote people? I believe you work remotely, don't you? I do. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Crowd Favorite has, I believe, five or six offices worldwide um, and headquartered out of Denver. And I know there are a handful of people that work in that Denver office. Um, I think our Phoenix office uh, probably has the most staff present on any given day. Uh, but the majority of folks are uh, remote and located all over the globe. I really like your comment on how time tracking um, was both an adjustment, both a difficult one and a, or not necessarily difficult, but a little bit of a pain point, but also a good thing. Do you think that is by doing that and by working in this maybe a little bit more controlled or structured environment that it has made you better at managing your own time, not just in terms like when you're working on projects or not working on projects, but also when you're not at work, like when you're, when you're, done for the evening or you're taking a day off or on the weekends, do you find that there's a, a better separation between work and non-work time? I know that as, as independent contractors, that is something that most of us struggle with a lot, especially if we work from a home office. Do you think that that kind of structured environment improves that? <laughs> I, I wish it did. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll show you, or I'll tell you my setup. I have two MacBooks. One is my my company machine and my the other is my personal machine and I have one Thunderbolt display. And uh, so most of the day I've got my work laptop plugged into the Thunderbolt display. And um, when I'm done with that, I kind of tease, I make a joke to my dogs they are the only ones around to, to listen to me, but that I'm, I'm going to my next job and I plug in my other laptop uh, and, <laughs> and start working off of that one. So I don't, I don't know that that separation is, quite there. I still have uh, a ways to go on. Sure. Great work-life balance, but. And that, do you think that's largely because you're still working on some of those side projects, which actually I think is um, something I'd like to get into. You have uh, several other things that you do outside of crowd favorite. And I believe these are all things that you did before crowd favorite as well. Let's start with, you have a theme called utility pro that you sell. And I believe that is a Genesis theme, correct? It is. Yep. Awesome. I released, uh, I released, the initial version of utility a couple of years back. Um, and then I completely overhauled it and relaunched it as utility pro. Uh, and that's been a really, I'm doing active development on that. And that's a, been a really fun project. 
So what is the the main selling point or purpose behind Utility Pro aside from just another theme? Is there a specific focus for it? Is it meant to be a base theme? Maybe give me yeah. your give me your quick sales spiel on Utility Pro. <laughs> well, I named it Utility because it is a utilitarian theme. So it's not specific to any niche. Um, the key selling point or the one of the things I'm most proud about um, is the fact that it's fully accessible and meets uh, the WCAG 2.0 accessibility standards, um, which at the time I released it, it was the first premium Genesis theme in the market that uh, that met that standard. That's fantastic. I don't think there's actually very many themes at all that can claim that. It's I mean, If we look at the number of themes out there versus the number that can can make that claim, it's a very small number for sure. It is a small number. Uh, encouragingly, though, uh, like the the amount of free themes in the WordPress repo uh, that meet that standard have increased. Uh, I think there were like seven as of three years ago, and now I don't know what the exact count is now, but it's exponential. Um, and you know, exponential might mean it, it's ninety themes, but still, um, still significantly more. Yes. Uh, and then the other thing about Utility Pro, I, I, while you can just, you know, install it, use it out of the box, uh, I was really hoping for it to be kind of a playground for developers. Um, I sell a developer version of the theme that's um, it's based off SAS uh, and Grunt. Um, I'm about to release or add in uh, Composer support uh, in this next iteration. But really, I wanted it to be a way for people to stop reinventing, either stop reinventing the wheel with every project. So find a base theme and really settle into it. And number two, stop working on a bajillion different themes. Like a lot of people, I think in the, especially in the Genesis space, because um, there's so many really nice looking themes to choose from, every project is a different theme and it's just, it's not very efficient. So uh, like with Utility Pro, I encourage, encourage anyone that buys that developer edition to go through, strip out the stuff you don't want, add in the stuff you do that's, that makes your workflow and your life easier. And uh, yeah, it's just been, it's kind of uh, have a showcase over on the site and it's, it's really fun to see how people have used it. That's excellent. I see that you offer a setup service for the theme as well, um, which is an add-on to the store. Do you find that that's something that people take you up on? That is a, a nice service that people really enjoy or anything else about it? Um, that's pretty much useless and I should remove it from the website. <laughs> <laughs> okay, why? That seemed to be par for the course of, you know, you look around at what other people are doing and see, okay, well, other people are offering these setup services. I don't think anybody's ever bought one of the uh, the basic site setups. Um, and truthfully, that's not the, the customer I'm targeting is not the customer that probably even needs that service. Sure. Um, and then I, uh, in partnership with Evermore, who's a, uh, a hosted provider, I just send people to them if they, if they want that. Okay. So Utility Pro started before CrowdFavorite uh, and obviously it is still going while you're at CrowdFavorite. Is this something that you plan to continue for the long term? I, I hope so. Um, I've gone to, I'm actually using a, the whole thing is easy digital downloads based and I'm using the uh, recurring payments plugin. Um, so that makes me very happy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so my hope is if people are, you know, re-upping their subscriptions, as long as people want to continue using the theme, then I'll continue to, uh, to iterate on it and certainly support it. I think that makes sense. You should check out the uh, the preview post that we sent out for recurring payments yesterday. There's a big mm -hmm. update coming. 
Cool. Um, but I won't, I won't take our time to talk about that here. Let's move on quickly to, you have a podcast that you run called Office Hours FM, right? Yep. Every, uh, live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern. All right. Tell me about it. Uh, so it started out, I guess, about a year and a half, two years ago. And at that point in time, I was doing all work with Genesis, uh, the Genesis framework. And my email box was, it was in bad shape. People would just email me questions all the time. And, uh, which I'm glad that people saw me as a resource, but it became overwhelming, uh, to try and address all those emails. So I thought, okay, why don't we just do live show every week where, you know, literally you're, or figuratively open up the doors to my office and people can ask questions. Uh, that way, every multiple people can benefit from the same answer and it reduces volume in my inbox. Uh, so that was, that was kind of how it got started. And then over time, I realized that nobody was asking me technical questions or very, I mean, there was curiosities about like, you know, what tools do I use or whatnot, but it's not like they were coming on and asking questions about how does this function work or this is broke or blah, blah, blah. Um, they were curious about the business aspect of, uh, of running a, a WordPress business. So I shifted gears and now it's kind of about the, the business of WordPress. Um, so my guests have, uh, are, are all people that have had success, uh, which by the way, I need you two guys to come on the show. We're going to, we're going to book that right after we finish this podcast. But well, yeah, I think we'd be happy to come on <laughs> for folks to uh, to hopefully learn and improve their business skills and be more successful. Cool, I love that. Um, every now and then, we try to get a, a business episode in here on Apply Filters for maybe like we'll do a few development episodes and then one that's a little bit more related to the business development. Um, and it's a it's a great topic, I think, and it's a great or great subject area for. For discussion, especially when you can bring in people that um, either have struggled or found success or somewhere in between. Um, there's definitely a lot of people that are interested in it and looks like you're doing very well on it. You're, you just uh, did what, episode 90? Or is that one, that's the one coming up, I think? Nope, 89, looking according to your website. Yeah, my my following is is very modest, but it is a very engaged group of listeners, which is cool. I'm impressed. You you do it, looks like, every single week. Yep. And you're up to eight. 89 episodes. So props there. That's uh, takes a lot of work. I did take some time off over the holidays. It was nice. Oh, good. <laughs> we all need that. According to your website, you also have some development courses that you've done, including uh, WordPress development workflow up and running with the Genesis framework and a few others. Uh, these are courses that you do on Lindo, right? All of them, except for that, uh, the first one you mentioned, the WordPress development workflow. I'm an instructor with lynda.com and um, I mean, not, a, not as an employee, I guess. A, it, I'm now a contractor with LinkedIn <laughs> since LinkedIn uh, purchased Lynda this year or right. last year. Um, anyhow, so they brought me on originally uh, to do some Genesis courses and now I'm doing um, still some Genesis stuff and then other just uh, WordPress related courses. Um, so Morton Rain Hendrickson, who's the fabulous uh, voice of WordPress over at lynda.com, he, he's got some company now. <laughs> company and me. That's great. Tell me a little bit more about these development or just the courses in general. Um, how did these get started? Are, are these still things that you're actively working on? What can you tell us about, about the courses? 
As far as the Linda stuff goes, once the course is published, that's, I don't want to say it's a done deal, but I mean, the, the bulk of the work is over. There might be, uh, you know, somebody might, a viewer might ask a question and, you know, six months after the, I film the video, we'll all have to answer a question or something. But um, those are pretty much just as is. Once they're out there, they're out there. Um, the development workflow course was actually a, a, a webinar series, uh, my first webinar series. And to date, my last webinar series, although I do hope to, <laughs> I really would like to do some more. Um, but that was uh, a, a really fun course that I did with uh, Mika Epstein from DreamHost. And we basically worked through a kind of what a professional developer's workflow would look like. So for somebody that had, you know, never ever cracked open a, a grunt file or was intimidated by GitHub, um, this was meant to be sort of the 30,000 foot overview of what those uh, possibilities are and how all those tools kind of work in conjunction with each other. Um, and that, while I don't know, I still um, will post res new resources as I come across them to the uh, to the site because the webinars are available for replay. But other than that, it's not really active development, I guess. Sure. Well, cool. Um, definitely uh, looking over the courses there, um, all the ones you have, and tremendous resources. Um, even if eventually they get a little bit outdated. I mean, nice thing about these kind of courses, um, having having done quite a few of them, uh, they're pretty relevant for a long time. So for anybody who's interested, definitely go check them out. Okay, Carrie, I have one more thing for you. And we'll, know. we'll let you go. All right. Tell me about Carrie outside of WordPress. Uh, outside of work, what do you do? What do you enjoy? When, when you're sick of work and you want to look at code, what do you do? When I'm sick of work and I don't want to uh, look at code, if it's a pretty day like it is today, I'm going to be finding myself heading outdoors uh, either to catch a little ride on the bike or just take a walk. Um, I also, if at the end of that walk or bike ride happen to land at one of our craft breweries in town, and, and <laughs> that would be okay. Uh, I love craft beer. I love uh seeing how that industry is is grown and changed, uh, especially in Texas, who's a little late to the party on the craft beer scene. And uh, my husband homebrews, just like you, uh, Pippin, we have enjoyed enjoyed some pints together. Um, Looking forward so, to the next one too. Yes. Uh, and read, I'm a kind of a big book nerd. Awesome, what do you like to read? Primarily fiction, um, just like your basic literary fiction. And then every once in a while, I, I love a little mystery thriller. Actually, I have one more follow-up. Nope, nope, we're done here. Ah, bummer. Um, it's a quick one. So uh, it's, it's actually a quick one that leads that could lead into a completely long discussion that could go forever. So wow. we have a community within a community with WordPress. Um, and I want to ask you this because you've, you've always been a pretty good representative of the Genesis community for a lot of good reasons. Give me a couple of comments, um, anything you want about the either the relationship, the interaction, or anything unique about the Genesis community within the WordPress community. We have, for example, like there's communities built around WooCommerce, around other other plugins, around different things, but there's really only one big community around 
theming, and that is in Genesis. So tell me something. Uh, well, I'm going to reveal a secret for the first time oh. on your on your podcast. Uh, Genesis is a cult. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was awkward. Dead, dead air there. No, I'm totally kidding. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so first, I'll answer your question by saying how I got involved with Genesis in the first place. Um, when I first started working with WordPress, uh, the amount of information available was overwhelming. Um, and I don't know if that's the result of being an, an open source software. So lots of different people are writing tutorials. They're, you know, you can uh, go watch, do training at Linda or Treehouse, or you can just kind of DIY and sort through all these blogs and tutorials you find. But it's it's an overwhelming amount of information to sort through. Uh, and when I stumbled on Genesis, I've, I've actually liked the product. Um, but then I saw that they had uh, just a, like Brian Gardner and, and Jess Commons of Studio Press. They were very active and engaged on Twitter and on Facebook and uh, just easy to approach. And Andrea Rennick, I'll throw her, throw her into that mix too. But anyways, for me, Genesis was a manageable subset of information uh, that I could consume and sort of sink my teeth into. Um, and then the, the bonus of that was that there were uh, some really cool people um, that also worked with Genesis. And it didn't have so much to do with the fact that they worked for Gen or worked with Genesis. They were just cool people. And then over time that it has grown to be somewhat cult-like. I mean, people, people are serious about loving their Genesis framework. Uh, and I don't, I don't quite know why, but it is, it is an extremely active community. I think people, I, I don't know, maybe people like myself find it sort of a, a manageable uh, step into working with WordPress. I think, I think you nailed something that that I've actually never, never heard before, and never, never considered. I've always, I've always looked at Genesis as like this is obviously a great product, um, but I've always thought it was fascinating that people who are Genesis developers tend to only be Genesis developers or not only not as in like, that's the only thing they can do, but that's what they choose to do. And that's what they choose to focus on. But I think you kind of nailed it where the WordPress world, just like many other development worlds is extremely vast and can be really difficult to navigate for somebody who's new to it. And by focusing in one little section, it becomes much more manageable. And Genesis becomes a very, is a nice intro to that that also just happens to be extensive enough that you can stay there as opposed to being required to move, to move beyond it because it's too limited. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what you said, <laughs> I, I would say for, for anyone that's listening that does love Genesis, I would encourage them to also understand WordPress without Genesis because, you know, Genesis is a great piece of software, but it's not open source. I mean, it's, it's GPL, but I mean, it's the code base is not open, uh, publicly maintained. I mean, I'm not making any predictions here or this is no insider baseball. This is just observation uh, that it's good to, good to understand WordPress beyond just a single piece of the puzzle um, in the event that that piece of the puzzle is not always there.
Certainly. And I think that applies to, to really any any project. I mean, just for example, let's extend it out a little bit further and say uh, it's probably a good idea for, for WordPress developers to understand the greater world of PHP or, or other uh, systems outside of WordPress, just not necessarily because it's going to die in the near future or slowly decline or anything like that, but it is a favor to yourself that you will probably never regret. Absolutely, because software development really transcends the whatever particular platform like WordPress or, or whatever platform you choose to use. That's the fundamentals. It, yeah, you can yep. take that anywhere. Absolutely. All right. Well, Gary, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I think we're about out of time now. And so we'll let you get on with the rest of your day. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to throw out really quickly to the people listening? Uh, just thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you having on having me on and uh, basically just letting me talk about myself for a half hour. That's who wouldn't like that? <laughs> That's great. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, hit me up on Twitter at C Dills. That's uh, C D I L S, uh, or over at CarrieDills.com. Uh, and yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, for everybody listening, we put up a small survey on the site today. Uh, if you're interested, it's at applyfilters.fm slash survey. It's super simple. It's uh, name and email are optional. And then just tell us a quick thing that you like. Would you like more uh, business development, advanced development topics, intermediate, beginner, something else, uh, any comments for us, et cetera. Uh, if we're just looking for a little bit of feedback just as we uh, progress with Apply Filters in 2016. So if you have anything that you would like to tell us, any comments, any suggestions, et cetera, let us know at applyfilters.fm slash survey. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next time.